Hey guys, you're listening to episode 15 of the Finish Line Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of faith, generosity, and personal finance. On this episode, we're talking about setting a finish line when you have existing debt. Stay tuned to hear our thoughts. Welcome to the show. My name is Cody Hobelman, and I'm here with my co-host and brother, Keelan. Today, we have another Q&A episode where we try to answer questions from our community of listeners about setting a financial finish line. Today, we're going to try to answer the question, what if I have too much debt to set a finish line? Chances are, if you're an adult living in America in 2021, you've had some experience with debt. We're going to be sharing some of our strategies to handle those student loans, credit card debt, and other types of debt that you may have when setting a financial finish line. But before we get started, I wanted to share an exciting announcement. Not long ago, we launched the Finish Line Forum, a place where you can share your stories, thoughts, and questions while also getting a chance to hear from others. Believe it or not, there are many other people besides you who have some sort of finish line or are exploring the idea. We want the forum to be a safe and judgment-free place to exchange ideas, so you have the ability to remain completely anonymous when registering. People have already started sharing stories about how God is using them and asking questions about living with a finish line and giving effectively. Go and check out some of the conversations right now at finishlinepledge.com slash forum. And with that, let's get started. Hey, Keelan. So as you know, we're talking about debt today and how that can sometimes serve as an obstacle to giving and to setting a financial finish line. And I think this is probably something that many people have experienced or at least thought about when thinking about the finish line concept. So can you just start us off today and lay out what exactly we're talking about? Yeah. So when you get into the topic of debt, there's a whole bunch of different areas that that touches on. And we're not going to be able to touch on all of those today. So the main group of people that we wanted to talk to today are those who have not yet set a finish line, but are maybe considering the idea or have heard about the idea and are trying to sort out what that might look like for them, but also who have some degree of existing debt that is holding them back from actually doing that, whether that's a mental barrier or a a legitimate financial barrier with large monthly payments and that sort of thing how can you still set a finish line in that kind of a context? So that's the primary group that we're going to be focusing on. That being said, I think even people who have already set a finish line or those who are considering a finish line but maybe don't have as much debt can still benefit a lot from some of the things that we're going to talk about. With that being said, there's a couple different types of debt. And I think it's important to understand what those different types are before we get into the real meat of this conversation. The first major breakdown is between secured debts and unsecured debts. So a secured debt is something that is backed by some sort of collateral. So that's something like a mortgage backed by your house or a car loan that's backed by your car, something with a physical object that's tied to it. Right. So if you didn't pay your debt, then whoever you're borrowing from could take that collateral from you. They could take your house or your car away from you. Right, exactly. And not only that, but if that debt became too much for you to manage, you could always sell whatever it's tied to in order to pay off the rest of your debt. 
So if your mortgage is too expensive, for example, you can always sell your house, pay off the rest of that mortgage, and then buy a less expensive house with a smaller mortgage. So that's secured debts. And that brings us to the second type, which are unsecured debts. Those are debts that don't have any kind of collateral tied to them, such as things like student loans or medical bills that are unpaid or old credit card debt. All of those are things that you can't get out of without actually paying back the debt. And if you don't pay it back, there's nothing for your lender to seize from you. They'll just send you to collections and ruin your credit. Right, which is is no good. I think both of these types of debt are important, but we have to address each of them differently when it comes to setting a finish line. So that first type of debt, secured debts, which again is things like your mortgage tied to your house or car payments tied to a car or some other kind of debt that's tied to a physical object or property. The main way that I think about these types of debts is that they require an ongoing decision that they're still worth it. So, you know, for example, I have a mortgage. My wife and I bought our house with a mortgage a number of years ago. And every day that we continue to hold that mortgage, we're saying the house that we live in is still worth the debt that we carry through our mortgage, and it's still worth it to us to have that debt. If we ever got to the point, you know, which could even be tomorrow, where we decided that having that debt was no longer wise for us or that we simply couldn't afford it, then we would simply have to sell our house, pay off the rest of that mortgage, and buy a less expensive house. And so every day that we're choosing to keep our house and to keep that mortgage, we're making the conscious decision that it's still worth it to us. The same thing would be true for a car payment. Every day that you keep that car and keep that loan open, you're saying that having that car is worth the debt that you have for it. Yeah, that's such a great point. I I love that you put it in those terms because I think we're trained today to think of a car as costing, you know, whatever the monthly payment is. So, you know, how much does your car cost? Oh, it's like 350 bucks a month because that's what you pay every month. But you are also taking on that $30,000 or $40,000 debt with that overall debt that you have to address over time. If you're finding that having that huge amount of debt looming over you is an obstacle to providing for your family or even forgiving then you can do something about it at any point by selling the car and exchanging it for for a different one. Exactly. And that's the most important differentiation for these types of secured debts is that you always have that option to scale down and reduce that debt. And that's in contrast to the second type that we talked about, unsecured debts. Uh, So one of the most common unsecured debts that we probably see today is student loans, right? You've already gone through the education, and if you can't pay your student loans, it's not like you can return that and scale it down for a less expensive version. It just is what it is. Same is true for credit card debt. If you have accumulated a lot of credit card debt, you can't take it back in most cases. You know, you just have to actually pay it off. And if you don't, then like you said, they'll just send it to collections and ruin your credit rating in the process. And so that's the type of debt that we really want to get into today because that's the kind of debt where you don't really have any other option than paying it off from this point forward. 
And those kind of debts can really become a barrier to setting a finish line or to living generously or being able to give and allow God to use you in that way. And so it's important to address those kind of debts up front and to have a process for how to handle those. So Cody, why don't you break down a little bit about how somebody might think about the process of setting a finish line if they have, you know, maybe tens of thousands of dollars of debt in student loans or something like that already. Yeah. So Steph and I actually had to think through this and uh, Keelan and I talked to you about it all the time when I was setting a financial finish line of what do I do with my existing debt? We had some student loans and had to address those. We couldn't just wish them away as much as we wanted to. So our approach was actually to set a finish line as if those debts were already paid off. So we could look at what do we need to live on, ignoring those debt payments, those unsecured debts like student loans. And we went ahead and picked what that finish line was. And from there, we could look at any money that we had above the finish line was money that we could use to accelerate those debt payments. So we had that margin between our income and our finish line or or the excess. And all of that was available to, to go ahead and get rid of that debt. And that was so important for us because our debt was a mental barrier to to giving. It felt like, how can we be super generous when we still have all this debt that we have to address? And we hated that feeling. So we we laid out a plan and we said, we got to get rid of this debt as soon as possible. So how can we go about that? And we, we mapped it out and we actually found like an end date to our debt. And we put it on the calendar and we said, this is the month that we're not going to have student loans anymore. And it was pretty amazing to see how much closer it was than we might have imagined. Yeah, and that's the system that we talk about in the Sprint program for small groups to go through. That same idea of set a finish line as if the debt was already paid off. And then as you start to work towards that finish line, any margin above that finish line that God brings in to your control, you can use to quickly pay down those debts so that they're no longer a barrier to you being able to give. And we actually have a calculator on the website that you can use to calculate exactly how long it would take you to pay off all your unsecured debts like student loans or old credit card debt if you were to set a finish line and use all of the excess above that finish line to pay down those debts. And you can find that calculator at finishlinepledge.com slash debt dash calculator. And we'll go ahead and throw that link in the show notes so you can find it as well. But like you said, it's often a lot closer than you think, even with a large amount of debt, if you really use a lot of that margin to quickly pay down that debt and free you up to be able to give more generously in the future. And it also allows you to get in the habit of living at that lifestyle while you're still paying down debt so that by the time that debt is paid off, you're used to that standard of living and it's a natural transition to begin giving that money away instead of giving it to the bank or your lender. So as we started making these fairly aggressive debt payments, it felt good initially, but we realized we weren't really getting to participate in the the giving of the excess, which is really what we signed up for in the in the beginning. We wanted to be able to set that finish line so that the rest is free to to give away, right? And now we're, you know, giving it to 
the company that loaned us money. <laughs> and it just felt like, man, when's the, when do I, when do I get to the good part? Can I just fast forward to, you know, next October when we're debt free or, or whatever it was? And so we actually came together and made a decision that we're going to start taking on some giving commitments anyway. So we started to find a little more of a balance between, you know, the three things that the excess or that margin can go towards. And that's debt, giving and retirement. I've always prioritized retirement and I never really thought too much about where it fits in with a finish line. But once we set a finish line, we were kind of forced to address these things. So that's when it got a little more nuanced with finding that balance between, okay, we got to take care of saving. We got to do some giving because that's why we're here in the first place. It's what we wanted and we want, we implemented this system so that we could do it. So even to wait another year to start giving to some of the causes that we're excited about right now, I think is, is a disservice to us. So, you know, we, we still were making aggressive debt payments, but a little bit less so, so that we could start to, to give at a higher level. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that there's a lot of room for personal circumstances when it comes to dividing up that margin above your finish line into those three categories of saving for retirement, paying down old debt, like student loans and credit cards, and giving generously and really stepping into God's story and the work that he's doing in the world. And I love what you said about giving being what you were excited about and what you were here for in the first place. Yeah, so it all kind of fit together, right? So we weren't excited about making debt payments. We weren't excited about having debt. We weren't excited when we took on the debt. It was all just kind of a means to an end kind of thing that we'll we'll deal with later. This is a problem for future us, right? So the the process of getting rid of it is is all in order to free us up to give more freely. And obviously that'll be more dollars as well, but it was about the freedom to give without hesitation and to not think about the opportunity cost of if we reduced our debt, then we'd be paying less interest and all that kind of stuff. You can go down the wormhole, but at the end of the day, that debt was and is an obstacle to us being able to give the way that our hearts want to. So we have to address it. And Everything, every financial discussion that Steph and I had about how we're creating the budget, things that we're going to buy that we don't necessarily need, or, you know, just every conversation we had seemed to start to revolve around giving. Does it help us get where we're going, get where we want to be, get where God wants us to be faster or put us in a position to be there? And that's how we actually arrived after a couple more months of, you know, this new balanced system, we said, all right, we set a finish line, but what if we spent less than that? What if we kind of set a temporary lower line, which I guess you could call like a soft finish line. What if we lived there for, you know, nine months and that accelerated the payoff so that we could be debt free even sooner. And it wasn't that hard to, to wrap our minds around that because giving was the priority above everything else, uh, you know, in a, in a relatively short amount of time. It was all about, yeah, I don't mind giving up, you know, eating out a couple times a week if it means we're debt free faster because that means we can orient our finances the way our hearts are oriented. 
And that only happened once we started to actually implement a system and see how it all worked. Yeah, I love that idea of a, of a soft finish line. And it really actually kind of mirrors how life is in general. You know, earlier in our careers, we're used to a certain standard of living that we know will probably not be how we'll be living for the rest of our lives, but is certainly fine for a season because that's what we have available. But then as our income grows and family size increases and all these things, then our spending increases along with it. And the whole idea of a finish line in the first place is that there's a defined end to that growth, that our spending and our lifestyle don't indefinitely increase along with our income. But I like the idea of a soft finish line because that allows you to knowingly cap your lifestyle in kind of a temporary way to allow you to use more of your income for those three things, saving for retirement, paying off debt, and giving freely. And then as God provides more income, then you can move that soft finish line closer to your final finish line or your final destination and know that you never have to increase it beyond that point that anything else above that you can use simply for debt, retirement, and giving. Yeah, and this wasn't a huge leap for us because, you know, although we've been married for a couple of years and we own a house, we're not all that far removed from the college lifestyle of living off ramen and leftover pizza and sleeping on a futon. So to to take a step back from, you know, where our plans were, we ought to be here by 25, by 30, and it'll just have these financial goals and just having that sense of acceptance of like, okay, so it takes a little bit longer to build the lifestyle that we've been dreaming of together. That's okay. Because, you know, if, if we prioritize lifestyle and retirement savings first above everything else, we'd miss out on the things that we've become more excited about over the last couple of years, which is participating in that, that bigger picture plan that God has. And uh, now that we've become aware of it, it's like we can't unsee it. We can't not see those opportunities to, you know, the, the truth of the matter is we currently make more money than we need to live on. And that truth has impacted the way that we see all of our finances. So debt is just one of those things we would like to be rid of it. So to back off on our lifestyle for a temporary period really wasn't that much to ask. The incentive system has changed, right? So we want to make more money so that we can have a greater impact. You know, that capacity to give grows the more we make. And we want to get rid of debt so that we can have a higher capacity to give. It's not about, you know, maximizing interest rates and returns and all that kind of stuff, even though I'm tempted to think about that as a financial advisor. It really comes down to what what's the most important thing to you and how do you organize your budget, your finish line, your income around pursuing that priority. Yeah. And, you know, we talked to John Cortinez last week and he actually, you didn't call it a soft finish line, but he shared the same kind of idea for their own life. He shared that his finish line was $100,000 for his family of seven, but they currently only spend, I think, somewhere between eighty dollars and $90,000 a year, even though they make more than $100,000 because they want to leave a large margin to 
meet those goals of saving for retirement, paying back student loans, and giving generously. And that's really the same kind of idea that you're talking about here of a, of a soft finish line, living at a limit that is defined for a period, knowing that your ultimate limit is still ahead of you in the future. Right. So we've kind of talked about our philosophy about debt and gone down that rabbit hole a little bit. But uh, I do want to leave the listeners with some practical takeaways. So the question was, what if I have too much debt to set a finish line? So we'd be remiss to not give some actual strategies for addressing that debt. And there's two strategies I want to touch on and then one kind of word of wisdom. So the two ways that I've found can be effective depending on how you approach finances are kind of the debt snowball, which you've probably heard of if you are looking for strategies to address debt, that's nothing new. Uh, and then also looking at interest rates to address your debt. So the debt snowball is simply to write out all of your existing unsecured debt, right? So that's not your your mortgage if you own your house. It's th those student loans, those credit cards. So you want to line up all your debts by balance. So let's say you have outstanding student loans of $10,000 and then you have a credit card with $2,000 and then a second credit card with $500 as a balance. You would start paying that extra money towards the credit card with $500 first because that's the first one that you'd be able to pay off. And then you take whatever the minimum payment was plus that extra and apply it to the next credit card because that's the next smallest balance. And in that way, you're kind of building this snowball that you can eventually apply all of it to, towards those student loans, which had a $10,000 balance, but suddenly you're able to pay it off in less than a year when it easily could have stretched out for multiple years. Uh, so that gives you kind of uh, emotional wins as you pay off each debt item. You can kind of celebrate that, and, and that's uh, a really important thing to do along the way. But another way to look at it is you can list out all your debts and address them according to the highest interest rate first, because that's technically the most efficient way to do it. You want to get rid of the debt where you're paying the most interest first. So in that example, let's say you have a 4% interest rate on the student loans and then an 18 and a 20% interest rate on each of the credit cards. You would tackle the, the credit card with the 20% first because you're sinking the most amount of dollars in the form of interest into that credit card. So get rid of that first, and then you can move on to the second credit card and finally address the student loans. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. And the one thing I'll add to both of those strategies, I think both of those are good strategies. There's a lot of advocates for the snowball method. And I think the main strength of the snowball method is the emotional momentum you get from knocking debts out completely. So if you can take a small debt, even if it's a low interest debt and knock it out completely, then you get that emotional win of having one fewer debt. That being said, if you are using this finish line structure that we're talking about, or a soft finish line, where you're putting an excess of, you know, whatever, $1,200 a month or something towards debt, and you're going to put that towards debt no matter what, then playing the numbers game with the interest rates might actually make more sense in that case, because you're going to be putting that money towards debt anyway. Putting it towards the debt with the highest interest will ultimately save the most money, because you're not going to be paying interest on that debt that you pay off. Right. And the, the word of wisdom is going to be no surprise. If you have existing debt and you're trying to get rid of it, 
you got to be careful with that credit card. If you can, just put it away until you can address all of your existing debt. And then, you know, maybe a credit card has a place in the future if you can manage it well. But the only thing that a credit card will do is accumulate more debt and compound the problem. So do your best not to be using that credit card while you're addressing your existing debt. Yeah, and I think that brings up the good point that all of the debt that we're talking about using that excess margin to pay off is old debt. So it goes without saying that if you're going to be using your margin above your finish line to pay off debt, you should not be taking on new debt and then paying it off with that margin. You know, So if you're taking on additional credit card debt in the future after setting a finish line, it doesn't make sense to be paying that off with that margin. So if you're using that margin to pay off debt, just make sure that you're only doing that for a short period of time in order to pay off old debt in order to get yourself on track. It's not really meant to be a loophole for you to continue to take out debt and then pay it off with that margin. Any future debt going forward, which is not something that we've really talked about so far in the episode, should really come out of your budget, your expenses, that money that's under your finish line. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will find, like we did, that as you start giving, that is so much more rewarding than going to the mall and buying something on the credit card anyway. So at least that aspect has kind of started to take care of itself and you start to structure your finances so that they can work to achieve what your heart is really after. So to wrap things up, I think it'd be helpful to just share one example of what it might look like for somebody with debt to be actively paying down that debt with a finish line in place. So let's take somebody, for example, with $30,000 in student loans, and they have an income of $120,000 per year between them and their spouse. And they're trying to figure out what a finish line looks like while also paying off this significant amount of student loans. And so if we assume that they are committed to tithing 10%, then we can take that right off the top. So $120,000 minus that $12,000 brings them to $108,000 that they're still trying to sort out what to do with. Now, let's say that they chose a finish line of 100000 per year. So technically, there's $8,000 of margin there between that 108000 and the $100,000 finish line that they chose. And that's what we're talking about dividing up between those three buckets of paying down all debt quickly, saving for retirement, and giving generously. Now, this is where the idea of a soft finish line comes into play and where I think it can be helpful. So let's say in order to meet their retirement savings goals, they need to be putting about $10,000 a year into retirement. Well, that already brings them down to $98,000 a year that's left. And then let's say that in order to make some accelerated payments on debt, they need to put about $8,000 a year into paying off debt. Well, that brings them down to $90,000 a year. And then, like you shared, Cody, let's say they still wanted to be able to be giving actively and they they have several ministries that they want to support. And so they want to have some money free to give, even though they're already kind of below that finish line. They're at $90,000 and their finish line was $100,000. So let's say that they set aside $10,000 to be able to give. Well, now they're down to $80,000 that's left to live on for the year. So That would be an example of where they could set a soft finish line of $80,000 for their family, even though they make $120,000 and their ultimate finish line was around $100,000. 
by setting that soft finish line, they're able to, one, save for retirement, two, make accelerated payments on debt, putting that $8,000 a year towards debt, and three, have money still set aside to be able to give that $10,000 a year that they put aside to give. And so with a soft finish line of $80,000 a year, they're able to do all three of those things with an $80,000 lifestyle. And then over time, as their income goes up, let's say in a couple of years, their income's now 135000 then it's reasonable to increase that soft finish line a little bit, as well as increase the money going to each of those three buckets that are coming from the margin. And so that's how you kind of work with the idea of a soft finish line in order to meet all these goals. And then ultimately, when they reach that final finish line of $100,000, then no matter how much money God brings them, they're never increasing their living expenses, their lifestyle beyond that. They're simply increasing the amount they put in those buckets. And over time, with those accelerated debt payments, eventually, debt will no longer be a bucket that that margin is being used for. And so once they have put any money aside for retirement, everything can be given away. And so there's kind of a snowball effect where as their income goes up and as their debt is paid down, they're able to give more and more and more every year. And that is where the true joy and excitement comes from this whole process. So hopefully putting some numbers to it helps to make a little bit more sense. And obviously, depending on personal circumstances, how they divide between retirement, debt, and giving could look different in all sorts of different scenarios. So they might have way more debt than that, and they actually want to put an even greater portion towards paying down debt. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Or they might be okay with spreading that debt over many years in order to be able to give a lot right now. And I think that's also totally reasonable. And so all these numbers can kind of be shifted around, but it's a system to kind of look at that and to be intentional about how your income is being divided between those different things to be able to achieve how you're trying to manage the money that God has put under your control. Before we finish up, I just wanted to share our manager minute for the day. We talk all the time about the fact that everything we own belongs to God. Rather than giving back to God from our wealth, we are more like managers who steward over God's wealth. It already belongs to Him. And our manager minute is just a quick idea for how you can steward that wealth to support your community and God's kingdom. Today's manager minute is actually an idea that was shared on the forum recently. User SpreadLove85 said this, My husband and I have been trying to put together useful bags to hand out to the homeless for a while and have been struggling to think of things that can sit in our bag in the car during hot or cold weather. We recently started giving clothes like new hats, socks, and gloves, as well as gift cards. It's been really great to have a stash of bags in our car that we can give to them, and the gift card lets us help them out with a meal or two. Each time we have handed them out, the people are very grateful. Thanks so much for sharing, Spread Love 85 Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show, guys. If you have questions about setting a financial finish line, the finish line movement, or anything else you heard on the show today, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on Instagram at finishlinepledge, through our website at finishlinepledge.com, or by email at hello at finishlinepledge.com. Send us any questions you have, and we'll answer them on one of our future episodes. Finally, if you want to find any references or links from today's show, you can always find them in our show notes at finishlinepledge.com slash episode 15. That's all we have for today. We'll see you next time.